No one told me for all those times you wish someone just a little ahead of you would tell you what they did in the same situation, in the same season of life. On this podcast, experience is worth a thousand words, or at least 30 minutes worth. Welcome to No One Told Me. Hi, everyone. Callie here. As we prepped for this final show of 2018, there were lots of topics we thought we could cover and interviews lined up to talk about them. But something in me has been unsettled. Have you ever felt that? Just a restlessness. And here's some real honesty. I'm just tired. I don't think there's another way to say it. This particular episode is short, mainly because of that weariness in my heart right now and the emotions that started welling up towards the end. Sometimes you just don't need a lot of words simply because you can't find them. Anyway, I hope you hear this and feel the hope it's meant to bring. And I know the holidays make everyone feel something different, ranging from joy to dread. So wherever you are on this spectrum, I hope you feel some connection here because no one told me about weariness. Four hundred years. That's how long God was silent. There were promises of a Messiah, but no word from God on when or who. Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, every time a Jewish woman was pregnant, wondering if she could be the one who brings the Messiah into the world. Those first few years, I bet it was kind of exciting. You know, like with every birth, people were pacing around outside the household, praying, asking God if this time could be the one. And then it wasn't. Slowly, with every passing day, week, month, year, nothing. Just silence. Entire generations came and went, and still no promised Messiah. The world was weary. One of my favorite Christmas songs is Oh Holy Night. I love it. I mean, every time it comes on, it just does not get old for me. But there is one verse this year in particular that is really sticking out to me. Thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. They were weary. They needed this hope. And aren't we still weary? But for very different reasons. In those 400 years of waiting, weariness was inevitable, honestly. After all, waiting is a wearisome task in and of itself. Praying, begging God to speak, and being met with the stillness around you. Being met with more questions. Questions that turn into worries as you see the people who used to champion you slowly fall away because with all of this waiting, what was the point? Maybe a lot of them simply felt like God had forgotten them. See, then their hope was to come. Now, our hope is here. He has come. God has done what He promised to do. And yet, we're still buried under the weight of a weary soul. So the question is, why? What's the root of our weariness? I struggle through writing this. I can't put a finger on why exactly, but I think a big part of it is, I just feel it down to my core right now. Have you heard that phrase, bone tired? That's me. I can feel the exhaustion all the way into my bones, in my heart, in my thoughts. It's not just physical. It's a type of soul fatigue. My focus starts drifting inward. I get fixated on tasks and producing. I start daydreaming about bedtimes at noon and what shows I'll turn on at the end of the day so my mind will just stop spinning. And let me just tell you, this isn't hate speech toward TV. I love TV, but I hide in it. 
It's a sensitive line I walk. I guess I just want to ask, do you feel it too? You feel this same weariness. Sometimes it shows up in the form of sadness. Your heart is bruised or broken over something that happened this year. A relationship broke down. A job didn't pan out. Someone you loved passed away. You're not where you thought you'd be at this point in your life. You feel a little lost at school. The list is long and something about the holidays just stirs it all up. Maybe it's all the questions you have to answer at family gatherings, or maybe it's just that we're ending the end of the year and you're taking inventory. But the sadness in your heart is wearing on your soul. And sometimes, you know, this weariness is found in comparison. You look to your left and to your right and you see how things could be better. Someone your same age seems to be a little bit ahead of you. Prettier, thinner, stronger, funnier, mommier, cleaner, trendier. Can we just get rid of the er words when we think about each other? I love social media for how it can encourage and connect us. But for me, the jury's still out if those things outweigh the damage it can cause. Have you ever fasted from social media? I know this sounds like super high horse, but just listen to me for a second. Have you spent a day intentionally not looking at Instagram or whatever your preferred platform is? I did it not too long ago, and I truly didn't do it because I thought I was having any sort of problem with social media or obsessed with it. Honestly, I was in a time when I was just looking for some clarity and I was trying to remove distractions. So I took several days, actually, and just didn't look at it. And can I tell you this? And I hesitate to say it because it sounds kind of cheesy and kind of lame, but my heart was lighter. You know, I didn't know that Janet's dog ate their elf on a shelf or Tina's daughter's Christmas tree cookie was kind of questionable or that Bobby had experienced a setback in his weight loss journey. And, you know, I was okay not knowing those things. I wasn't lesser. I wasn't behind. I wasn't missing out on anything. None of that would have added value to my life anyway. But intentionally spending my time doing something else did add that value. So I guess what I'm saying is no one told me comparison steals confidence capability, and joy. Comparison either leads to competition or thinking to yourself, I can't fill in the blank. Both are damaging and both bring weariness. Then there's how we spend our time. Does that bring on some exhaustion? This is an easy one, people. Yes. I was asked this question this year. So listen closely because this question changed the way I look at my schedule. If someone looked at your weekly calendar every single hour, What would they say about how you're spending your time? Who or what is getting the most? Now, here's where you really key in. Is that how you want this season of your life to be defined? I did not like this question. I did not like it. At first, it made me a little angry because I was like, first of all, who's looking at my calendar and picking it apart because we're going to have some words. But then once it settled in and I looked at my own calendar hour by hour, I had one of those oh no moments. You know what I'm talking about where someone is kind of speaking truth into your life, but it's not a truth you're ready to hear. And I had to spend some time really figuring out, is what I'm seeing on my calendar justified or am I just trying to justify it? And you know, sometimes this busyness is a crutch, something to hide behind. I'll load up my schedule if it means I don't have to face something hard, something that requires a decision, a word, an action that might hurt a little bit. And just like with the sadness, I know I'm too busy. I see it. I know I'm hiding. And I just want to escape into Netflix and or reality TV to avoid my own reality, I guess. I feel really shallow even saying that. Like so much more is expected of me. But that's just honestly what I do. What's your red flag? What's something you default to when you're overwhelmed? What's your comfort? 
that food, shopping, scrolling, TV, none of these things are bad things. At least I hope not, because where would we all be then? I've just simply learned that it's when these are things I look forward to for peace or for comfort. When I'm looking at the end of my day and literally craving them because I'm looking for a certain feeling to come from them. That's when something's off. That's when I'm weary. And weariness can simply just come from your stage of life. Each stage has its own set of requirements and expectations. Some are real. Some are dreamed up on our own. College students are attempting to plan out their whole lives, make lifelong friends, and have a respectable resume for a future job. Postgrads are trying to adult, managing a job, maybe buying a home, pressured to get married, and have all of life's answers in your 20s. You engaged? Well, wedding planning is your source of exhaustion. Married? Healthy marriages take effort. Consistent, concise effort. Parenting? Do I really have to explain this one, honestly? Every season of life is a wave of emotions that give and take contentment, sometimes all in the same day. And we give away pieces of ourselves each time, leaving us weary, doubtful, unsure. No wonder we ache to move forward one day and then are paralyzed by fear the next. A thrill of hope. This hope that says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Or hear it this way. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We have a choice now. In those 400 years of silence, they hoped hope was coming. They hoped what was said would actually happen. But right now, we have the hope. He's waiting for us just to rest our weary souls. I want to tell you what that looks like, but it's different for every person. But here's what I've learned this year. The cure to my weariness, the cure to my tired soul, is rest centered on only what is life-giving. I say yes to a lot of things, probably too many things if I'm honest, and I don't like the idea of letting anyone down. But when I ask myself, is this life-giving? The answer to that question will play a part in healing the broken parts. Is hiding in a screen going to make me feel better or worse? That dinner with friends when I've already been out every other night, is that good? The mundane scrolling through social, stacked schedule, half-hearted attempts at new hobbies only because someone else is doing it. In just a couple of weeks, we're all going to be thinking about 2019. And even though we'll probably fight it really hard, we'll probably end up with a goal or two. So what if we committed to prioritizing our lives based on whatever is life-giving? Maybe we wouldn't so easily lose sight of the thrill of hope. Maybe our weary souls could rejoice. Over the next two weeks, I'll be recording a lot in preparation for 2019. We'll be back in January with new episodes, and my prayer from the very beginning, and it still is, this podcast is life-giving to you. So we need it. We need each other. And week by week, I've learned the power of community, the power of a group of people that get in each other's boats and start paddling because we've been in these waters before. We've seen where the tricky parts are, and we want your story to be different than ours. And if it can't be different, we want you to have some shoulders to stand on. The shoulders of the people just a little ahead of you. There's real hope in knowing you're not in it alone. Right now, I am just so very thankful for that hope. Thank you so much for being a part of No One Told Me So Far This Year in 2018. I can't wait 
2019, and I can't wait to see what God continues to do. Well, that's about it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hey, if you liked it, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Does that sound desperate? Feels a little bit desperate asking you to do that. But you know what? Oh, well, I love hearing your feedback. So make sure you check out no one told me podcast.com and I'll see you next time.